Good evening, welcome to the Football Babble, or good morning if you're listening to it tomorrow morning, wherever morning you listen to it, fair play to you. Um, it's myself so far, it's myself, Phil and Cousin Maud and Breton. Good evening, gentlemen. Evening. Um, we may be joined by Steve later. Patrick, I don't think I'll make it on tonight because Patrick is in London. He's in foggy London town, um, although he was actually at the West Ham Wolves game yesterday. Thoroughly did not enjoy it. He said it was one of the worst things he ever watched in his life. But he was there anyway. Um, obviously enjoyed himself last night in London, which we will get into very soon. But, uh, Brenton, we were pushed for time with yourself because you're obviously busy this evening playing Zay Foosball when we got you on early. Well, not just so, obviously, quickly on the Carabao Cup. Yesterday, your feelings on the game, and then we'll talk about the Chelsea revelations and what might be going going forward for your club. But yesterday's match, obviously the Carabao Cup, not the result you wanted, but you were talking. We were talking about it last night. Some positive still for Chelsea. You're on mute. Sorry, sorry, I was on mute there. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Club, <clears throat> yeah. Better talk about the club before it doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. It. The game was quite a welcome distraction, actually. I think um, it it was such a good game, such a good nil nil. Um, I kept thinking like this is such a good game for the neutral, but like I was having palpitations throughout. I'm sure you were like, um, but it, it it turned into um, quite a, a classic cup final um, without having to go. Well, it had goals, all disallowed, um, but that was <laughs> that was obviously part of it. Um, and then, yeah, the whole tactical approach of, of the goalkeepers and I um, think it's, it's you know, a lot of criticism for Tugel that I can see about, you know, basing the, the Kappa sub on data and, um, you know, him saving penalties in the past and at working in the past um, and people criticizing that uh, even though he used the same data to you know leave cap out of the out of the starting lineup and, and go with mandy and that proved to be so right so it was basically a flip of a coin um and i don't think anyone uh anyone's really to blame i just think it's what's penalties is one of those things like someone's always going to be the well the hero which was turned out to be Kevin Callagher, i thought was, was fantastic as well or the villain who, who this time turned out to be Kappa, but um, not significant. I don't think in terms of um, Chelsea on the pitch. I think they were they were fantastic. Just obviously on the goalkeepers because I know you'll you'll probably have to leave soon, Brenton, to just get you involved in this conversation. My, my feeling on it is, and Johnny, you come in after this. Like, so I mentioned our group earlier. We also all like NBA, and, and there's a thing in the NBA, certainly anyway, where they call it the hot hand sort of theory, and it's sort of like if a player literally can't miss, he's scoring basket after basket, then an offense will more or less change to suit him, even during the game, to make sure he's on the ball the most, and to make sure obviously he gets the most to get the most out of it. Now this obviously doesn't apply here, but the hot hand was Edward Mendy because he was saving everything. Like he had um, Van Dijk's header, he had Keita, then he had Mane, he had Diaz multiple times. We got down low, but they're not picked up. Really, as a highlight, but they're very smart. See, is why he cuts off the angle. Um, he makes Mo Salah uh, go early with the chip, and Mendy's brilliant when he comes out. 
and puts Musala off, and then the chip isn't good enough, and all the goes Silva saves it. Clearance is, I thought he was excellent, and that's I I get it too. You've used the data before in the Super Cup and stuff, and it's worked. But Mendy's just come from winning the Afcon Cup of Nations, where he was pivotal in the penalty shootout. And me and my me and my dad obviously watched it together, and we we both it was, there was talk it was happening. You could hear the computers saying, and you could see Kepa warming up. We both couldn't believe he was going to do this because Mendy didn't look like he was going to get beat. Do you know what I mean? So I, I, it's not a criticism to usual because at the end of the day, it's only in the League Cup final. Do you know? So it's a game where you can even see afterwards, yes, obviously Liverpool thoroughly enjoyed it, but even afterwards, I don't know if you saw it, like the players were mingling and they were like chatting mm. to each other. Um, especially some of the older players were chatting to some of the older Liverpool players and just chatting and mingling about what had gone on and different things. So Lukaku, Aspilicueta, players like that, mingling in with Milner and Henderson and, and uh, Van Dijk and stuff, and just chatting. So Yes, the teams were happy, but it was sort of like felt like a could be a pre-final to possibly a European Cup final between these two sides. It would be different, but I, I just I wouldn't go as far as criticizing Tuchel. But I th- I think that is the one thing with <clears throat> Thomas Tuchel, where he's he does seem to be rigid at times. Whereas I think here uh, he should have just stuck with Mendy. And it's all here saying I afterward after the fact because of what's happened, but. I think Mendy was in such... He was unbelievable yesterday. Like, he was my man of the match. And, um, yeah, when he brought Cap, when he brought Cap on, I was convinced Liverpool were going to win it. And I really? was convinced... Yeah, and I was convinced... As soon as Cap, And I have no issues doing this because, um, you know, Bruce Gravelar did it with the wobbly legs and it won Liverpool European Cups. As soon as Kappa started doing the... <laughs> taking ages to do his socks... Walking out to every player, standing in front of Milner for ages. I, I me and my dad, and obviously dad's not on the back of my paper. I says he's going to cost them this. There's, he's going to do something here. It's going to cost you. He, like, and he kept going, kept going, kept going, kept going. Every Liverpool player was like, right, okay. Um, and I just got the feeling from there. I was like, nah, we're going to win this. But he wasn't yeah. allowed to. Uh, he wasn't allowed to do what he usually does. And I think that was picked up on like for the first penalty in the Super Cup. He got way more into the players' faces and was got away with way more. Um, and I think people are referees and players. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure Liverpool players and officials went to the referee before and said, you know, you need to keep this under control because he's he's been booked before. Um, yeah. I think he was booked in the Super Cup um, because he really takes the piss, which is, uh, as you say, like, do as much as you can get away with. Yeah, you're there to win it. Um, yeah. So I think um, the ref did a good job of kind of neutralizing him. He, he only let him come so far, and um, you know he didn't. He wasn't allowed to hold on to the ball too long, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But um, yeah, the, the the penalties were were fantastic. Like some of the like Fabinho's penalty was so <laughs> good. Van, Van Dijk's as well. Uh, who else? Harvey Elliott had a good penalty. Um, you know, some a, a lot of the penalty takers who aren't aren't penalty takers basically uh, hit some brilliant penalties. Jonathan, what did you make of it? I was hoping Mo Salah would miss his penalty. Thanks. To be to be honest, yes, yeah, strange, strange decision to change the goalkeeper though. Even though Kappa has um, had a good record at penalties, it did probably cost him. Well, it did cost him in the end because Kappa missed it as a penalty, obviously. Um, but Liverpool took a bit of a gamble as well, I thought, um, playing Kelleher instead of Allison. Like 
I know Kelleher's played well in the League Cup, like you've mentioned them before, but for your cup final, I think you need to play your strongest eleven, even if it is League Cup final, FA Cup final. Like Arsenal played Petr Cech in the Europa League final a couple of years ago, and that was the completely wrong decision. Like uh, Chelsea ended up beating us four one, which Brendan remembers quite well. Um, yes, I was watching it with. But you. you never know. Yeah, yeah. Well, you uh, might come back as new co Chelsea, just like new co Rangers <laughs> got founded there a couple of years ago. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> no, like I, I said on Blues. Thursday night, London Blues. How you could be like that pro Evo team <laughs> back in the day. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I said said on Thursday night, like I you can't blame Chelsea for what's going on in Russia, even though their their owner is kind of involved in a way. Um. I did read today, like Abramovich is in Belarus trying to have talks, peace talks or something. I don't know what the fuck's going on, to be honest. It's all, it changes every hour, this situation. Like, it's absolutely wild. Um, I thought, um, I suppose I want to ask you really quickly before you go about Abramovich's statement and kind of like, it was a bit vague, wasn't it? And I suppose it is him just trying to get around the fact that he doesn't want Chelsea to be taken off him and he wants to still be in charge. But then the trustees, who he said were going to take over the club, hadn't actually even made aware that they were going to be taken over at the time of that statement. So I just thought that was quite interesting. I want to know kind of what you think about this whole situation at the moment. It's really it's it's hard to know what to think. I don't think even the you mentioned there are the trustees. I don't even think they know what's going on. Um, I think it is a case of Abramovich wanting, um, and we don't know, like like. It seems that at one stage, definitely, Dunphy still does have a relationship with Putin. It's obvious, but um, the fact that you know the the like, I mean, what a um, what a sentence to even say that Abramovich is holding peace talks in Belarus with the Ukrainian and Russian governments. Like, what is this a simulation or what's going on? Um, but like. Uh, you know, I think he's um, he's trying to obviously play both hands or keep both parties happy. But um, I think the the big one that um, the, the statement that came out on on Sunday morning, you got this right. It was Saturday evening, the the Abramovich one, and then Sunday morning was the club statement. Um, it was there was a difference. Um, you know the. the the uh, Saturday evening one was very much an owner statement from Abramovich himself, which you said was very loose on detail, and it was. Um, you know, he said he was handing over care and stewardship to the um, to the trustees. They didn't. I think they found out maybe an hour or two before that they hadn't accepted those terms, and I think it's been reported today that they they, they have refused or or um, you know not accepted. Uh, Current stewardship, whatever that means, I don't think anyone really know what that means. But um, the the club statement then, which was released um, on Sunday morning, uh, you know, said about uh, the devastating situation. I think where the words uh, in Ukraine didn't mention Russia, didn't condemn Russia at all, and I think that's where um, you know it it goes too far in terms of not um, not coming forward properly and condemning it because I think you know the that's where you see that that is a statement from him rather than the club because um i mean i thought tuchel 
talked very well about it on Friday and post game yeah, yesterday. Um, <clears throat> where he reflects the the majority of the thoughts I would say of you know saw, saw at Wembley the fans coming in support of it with the flags and uh, both sets of fans actually were were, were brilliant. Um, the Ukrainian flags that they that they flew and um, I think there was a stand ovation. Um, but um, yeah, that's that's where I don't like it. Where he whether it's him, you know, trying to hide behind the club statement. Um, as if that's you know the trustees have made that that statement about about Ukraine and not mentioned Russia, um, you know when really they had no say in that statement um, is not a great look and at the minute I don't know what Ballard's thing is about it's um, I think he's trying to uh, as much as he can gain back um, sort of. I don't know what you would call it, um, goodwill, but um, you know you only do that by being genuine, and, and the only way to do that would be to condemn what what Putin and Russia are actually doing. And I don't think he'll get away with just sort of um, like actions like that. There has to be condemnation and, and official statements. Are you worried about? the future of Chelsea as a football club like I mean I I personally don't think it really is the end of Chelsea like like I said on Thursday nights Chelsea have now been around a while and have been up there at the top table and because they're based in London there would be interest in Chelsea even if Abramovich does have to sell up it would be different mm-hmm. with Man City I think but do you do you worry about where where Chelsea go if you know Abramovich is forced out I think it would. I think it would have to. A lot of stuff would have to happen before that happens. But it it's more of a possibility now than it was six months ago, like yeah, or a year ago. Obviously, um, it, it's a lot of. There's a lot of sort of question marks over it. I think it would. It would involve um, basically what I, as far as I can see it, it would involve. Um, assets being frozen and then i think the the club would be probably a last resort for the for the government in terms of freezing abramovich's assets chelsea being obviously a major one um and then it would mean that they couldn't fulfill fixtures they couldn't pay players um all of that would obviously have a negative impact and you know who knows where they would go from there but i think it's a better way um and i think like obviously not just talking about chelsea or chelsea's way further on down the line in terms of the importance of this but like let's just hope that these peace talks or whatever they are work um and you know nobody else gets killed basically and then you know all that stuff can can sort itself out later on down the line but it's it's not a priority at the minute so it's it's kind of hard to to think in those terms when there's literally people being killed mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's it's such a <clears throat> such a weird thing for a football fan to have to um sort of not deal with it's not that you're dealing with it Brandon, but like you know, for your club's owner to be caught up in potentially, well, in in a war, um, not like it's not as if he's fighting the warning, but like would be brought into it, and 
it is very, it's, it's obviously very strange. But I I just wonder as well <clears throat> for me if I was a Chelsea fan, the worry not the, obviously the football side worrying. By the way, the real worry is what's going on in the war. Obviously, not to go away from that, but just on a football fan term here, the worry would be that because they have the authorities have started to come after um, the Russian money in in London. <clears throat> Obviously, that it doesn't stop when this war stops. Do you know? And I wonder now. Obviously, Abramovich is, is, as you say, is involved in and hopefully sorting peace and peace talks. But I, I wonder now, has he gone through the looking glass? And is it going to be a case of he's maybe going to have to sell the club when this, you know, when this stops? And um, but I, I'm of the same opinion as Jonathan. Um, pardon me. I don't think that'll be the end of Chelsea Football Club. I think there'll be there'll be someone out there who'll want to own Chelsea Football Club because of what they've done under Abramovich, where they're located, the size of them. I don't think they'll be they'll not be short for suitors. I think he's done everything he came in to do. Like Chelsea have won every major trophy they can with Abramovich mm-hmm. being owner. Personally, I think they should strip you of your European titles. Just just saying, just saying. Like I think they should. But like, uh, no, all serious. So like. Yeah, like, what what else does he really have to do at Chelsea now? You know, if he does have to sell up, he can say, I've left that club in a far better situation than when I bought them over. Like, they've won multiple Premier Leagues, two Champions Leagues, Europa League, FA Cups, League Cups. I mean, the list goes on, like, what he's done in the, you know, less, just less than 20 years he's been there. You know, somebody will come in and take that over and probably just keep it going. Like, yeah. Brian, your your line always about Chelsea is a chaos club. You know they just thrive in chaos. I actually, and that's kind of why I thought they might have sneaked it yesterday. And to be quite honest, they should have won it yesterday. Like Mason Mount had two great chances. Holy shit! I could not believe he didn't stick them away. Um, and then like how many offside goals? I've never seen so many teams have as many offside goals in one game in my puff. But there you are. I mean, he's were he's were millimeters like away from being 1-0 up there with Lukaku yesterday as well. I thought that was a mad decision to be able to give that as offside, but I mean, Chelsea, Chelsea will go on. No, no, I, I personally, the, the show was one angle of it, and I mean, I don't know how they determined that was offside. They gave that as offside to even it up because they knew they were going to face, not back, they are going to face questions about the Van Dijk and, uh, you know, offside for that. So I genuinely think they gave that as offside to even it up. I, I, there's no other explanation. That's not offside. Like, yeah. That can, that they've, cannot be offside. They've made her off their own back. Um, I think with with the especially that that first one. I think um, didn't uh, didn't Maguire have a very similar one to Van Dijk where he blocked somebody off in the lead up to a goal from a from a free kick or something. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and that one, like if you're if you're basing it on that one, then. You have to give that one if if you give the previous one, and then um, I think there was another United decision that I saw on Twitter today. Somebody um, had said they'd ruled out a, a very similar goal um, to the Lukaku one, um, t- but I think you're right. I think that was like they were saying, "Oh, it's one each." The others, I think uh, there was a Havertz one, which was a really good finish, and also I thought Havertz was fantastic yesterday as well. Um, yeah. There was uh, um, that was clearly offside. Werner, when he came on, was born offside, so he had a few. Um, and, uh, you know, there was a, a few other. I thought the Keita tackle looks 
worse now that you look back on it, I think. Um on, on Chalaba. I saw a, a still of it though, and um the both of them are, are doing the exact same motion. Yeah. Do you know, so they've I, both I, gone I've in the exact one. same motion. I've seen that one too, but I think just before that's taken, Chalaba touches the ball. Um and Kira doesn't doesn't get any contact on the ball and follows through. No, he touches um, Chalaba's balls. Yes, um, he touches different balls, but um, <laughs> yeah. Apart from that, uh, the VAR was disastrous. Shite. Um, I don't think. Like he, I, I I think the referee was dung yesterday. If I'm honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm not asking for I'm not I'm not asking for I'm not asking for a yellow card or anything for Angolo Kante. He's he is one of my, I love I adore him, but he rugby tackled Andy Robertson, like he dump tackled Andy Robertson, and they just played on. And I me and we were like, what's what is going on here? The Lukaku's goal, Kaita's thing wasn't even. Yes, I understand that could have been looked at, but again, nothing was done for it. Yeah, the Van Dyke goal, there was an incident as well. Nobody's picked up on this. So Louis Diaz uh, cuts inside from Shalaba in the first half. He's in the box and he lays it off to Mane and Shalaba just Shalaba's obviously going to tackle him, but he 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 empties him and the ball goes on to Mane. It never they never didn't even bring it back. You know there were so many incidents for both teams throughout the game. Both yeah. teams like not not it wasn't it wasn't one sided. It was just really 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 poor officiating i thought it was dreadful to be honest i really did and i was worried that he would that my dad said to me um i don't want this i don't want liverpool to win this final on a on a stupid call like a goal given to liverpool or something that it does not i, I don't want the referee to get a moment here do you know what i mean i want it to be yeah. uh clear and then obviously there was there was moments in the game that thing but like i thought as well and i know you're gonna have to go very soon uh Brent, but me and johnny talk keep talking about it I thought Klopp's midfield subs were wrong. I actually think that's one of Keita's uh, best performances in midfield, and, and I thought he was very, very good against Kovacic and Keita, and I think when they took Keita and Henderson off, Chelsea's midfield then got a grip of it, whereas I think Liverpool's were, were on top for a wee bit, and I think, I understand maybe like uh, players, I don't think Henderson's fully fit, so I understand that one, but I would have left Keita, left Keita on because I think Keita was... Really having a mark on that game, like he, he was really him and Kante. I said this to Brendan half time that battle was I was fascinated by it. Um, just like two little flyweights punching ahead of each other in a boxing world championship match, it was class. Like, and um, I thought then when, when they took Henderson and Kate off, you saw Kovacic grow into the game. Then he is, in my opinion, the most underrated midfielder in, in the top. Four teams anyway at the minute in the league. Top well in the league certainly in possibly one of the most underrated in Europe. He is brilliant, and people don't pick up he's on it enough. He doesn't get the credit. He's basically taken. He's taken Jorginho's place the last couple of games. Like Jorginho he's hasn't more, he's, played. He's he's physically better than Jorginho. Do you know he yeah. carries the ball better and at more speed than Jorginho. He, there's really snidiness in him too, which is nice. Yeah. Um, Jonathan will appreciate snidiness, obviously. Um, but and I, I think Klopp when he did that, the balance sort of shifted. I don't think uh, the subs had the impact that that he hoped for. That he wanted for certainly thought Harvey Elliott. Now he's only eighteen. Um, didn't get a chance to really grow into the game. That didn't really work that right hand side. Um, and I think Milner obviously comes on the steady things. He did all right, but I just, I just think maybe Klopp made. I know Liverpool have won it. So it doesn't really matter. But I think he made an error. 
Luis Diaz, I thought was a mistake. I thought he was brilliant yesterday. Brilliant. He was really enjoyable to watch. Like. Yeah, it's it's like for Liverpool fans, he's the talk of all, of all our WhatsApp groups. Everything like he just there's a minute there's a moment yesterday where he flicked the ball over East James's head and he didn't no look pass to Robertson or someone and it was a, that loves whole, a no uh, look pass. <laughs> he is absolutely wild. Loves out, like, um, but he's just one of those footballers that he has in the edge of your seat as soon as he gets the ball because you know he's going to go forward. He's going to go forward at speed. And he's going to try and do something. He's, he is such a, a joy to watch. Like um, he did play well, but again, I, 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 I really read. I think Mendy was man of the match because of some of the save. He, he makes he made that save from Van Dijk that header. He made it look routine. Like, it's not routine. Like look at it again, Van Dijk absolutely bullets that header down. Like where you're supposed to put it, and Mendy's like, I know, but just palms he's away. Ma- <laughs> like it- he's massive, which which obviously helps. Like I think he's six seven or something. Um, but yeah, his his athletic ability to get back up for the man one was brilliant too. Like, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to argue against him being the best keeper in the world at the minute. Um, just with the saves he's making. Um, but. Yes, I'm gonna to have to go, but there is um I'm sure might even be back on, on Thursday for TMB because I'm sure that something in the next few days will happen with Chelsea because it always does. No bother, Brenton. We bid you adieu. Myself and Jonathan will take over. Um I think Steve has actually forgotten that he texted me here, he's forgotten the podcast. He's supposed to be on the podcast. So if he's Steve is to... just so old that uh, like we can forgive him for forgetting. Like Steve, it's fine. It's totally fine. I mean, um, I'm just taxing there, folks, to, to annoy him. Uh, so, Jonathan, uh, Var. Now, and I know, I know you don't like talking about it, but can you explain to me how Rodri's wasn't a handball at the weekend? I can't. I mean, I can't. Do, do you know? What? And do you know what was going through my head yesterday when, like. The Matip goal, what annoyed me about the whole thing, like the purpose of VAR is for clear and obvious errors. And mm-hmm. that wasn't clear and obvious. Like, I mean, you would not have noticed that unless you went back and looked in detail the way they'd done. On, like, everyone thought that was a goal. It went off. Like, I think a good minute had passed before we realized they're actually doing a VAR check on this, you know. I don't. I don't think everything needs to be under the microscope and looked at VAR, unless there is something the referee kind of feels. Oh shit! Have I missed something there? Like he can radio up saying, "Lads, can you have a quick check there?" I think I might have missed something there, but I wasn't sure. I couldn't really get a good look at it. But they're just doing every single decision in football now is looked under the microscope of VAR, and that's what's really toxic about it, and what it, annoys a lot of fans. It was supposed to be. Um... Like, it, it almost feels like they're looking for decisions to not give goals. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Rather than for looking for ways to make sure it can can continue. Do you know? Do you know what I mean by that though? It's yeah, almost yeah. Like they're, they're, and they're always looking for something. And it seems to be. I don't know. I I do watch a lot of uh, European football or, or world football as well to try and watch as much as I can. I'm actually currently as we're doing this podcast, trying to put on the Atalanta game. Um. But in the background, sorry, but but the referees across Europe 
you don't really seem to have this anymore. There was there was teething bits as you would expect when it first came mm-hmm. in and and whatever, but they seem to have nailed it. But we are constantly every week having to talk about a referee decision or a far decision in the Premier League or in England, mm-hmm. and it's not good enough. No, it's really not. Uh, you know, we've we've all been critical of referees um, on the bubble, and it's just like every single week, every single TMB, every which will be nice Sunday night podcast where you do is just there's at least one dodgy referee incident. And I want to actually give a lot of credit to Frank Lampard who called out the officiating in his game against City. It just wasn't good enough. And I think he actually made a comment about how, you know, he's getting paid to do his job and it's simply not good enough. And this guy, this referee is not a professional referee. Like As far as I can recall, the only professional referees in European football are the English and the Italians, if if I'm if I'm right in that, I think I remember mm-hmm. reading that somewhere before. I think it's true, yeah. And like it's it's not good enough. Like these guys do this as a full time job and there's far better referees out there. Like across Europe in La Liga, there's probably better referees in Liga. It's just it's 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 just mad. Like the look we'll go back to the Lukaku decision again. Like how can they make that decision on that angle, on that line? I mean, he looks like it looks like Van Dijk's actually, if not level with him, slightly ahead of him. So he's on side, you know. I just like I know you don't care because Liverpool have won the League Cup, and I think the significance of Liverpool winning the League Cup, like I know you said it was only the League Cup, but like getting that mentality of winning trophies is just, you know, it's really important. And now Klopp's got the League Cup, he's got the Champions League, he's got the Premier League, World Cup. You know, the FA Cup's left to go. The only one he needs is the FA Cup, and he's won the lot that he can win. Well, yeah, he, he, sorry, uh, Europa League, but um, yeah, he'll have won everything else. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's very like that. That really, I, I think maybe you said it that it can really kick on Liverpool's season now. You know, they've got one trophy in the bag. I think even Mo Salah, I think maybe you liked it, and that's how it popped up. One down is all he said, and. <laughs> I think that that says a lot, and that's sending out a message to the red. Like, and I had a look at the league t- league table there, like, and City will be nervous. They'll be very nervous now because you look at that that team, that attacking threat that Liverpool have now. We all thought it was good before, and now it's it's scary. And we all seen the wee video on Twitter. They have the Chelsea fan absolutely losing his bop and. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was it was it was a joyous thing. This must this must be how people feel when they watch Arsenal fan TV. I mean, fucking hell, that's hilarious. <laughs> it was great, crack. It was brilliant. I was like, fucking Abbott, you little cunt. I fucking loved every second of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it sounds like you might be a Louis Luis Diaz fan, Jonathan. I I do. I know when he plays Arsenal, I'm going to absolutely hit the bastard, but. <laughs> He's um okay, he is he's a good player and I've and I have a feeling that Lu- like I have a feeling Luis Diaz is probably gonna end up being the player that Arsenal hope Pepe would be. Um he's just every time he gets the ball yesterday, I was like it was Astro Laquata in the first half and then Reese James came on and I'm like, These boys are gonna get toasted here. Like I mean he just yeah. tortured them. He torched them and that I know that ball you're talking about, the one he flicked over James's head and for a guy that hasn't been in the league that long, coming up against one of the best defenses in the league in Chelsea, you know, it was pure cheek, pure filth. I loved it. It was great. Like you always try that wee trick and five side, it never comes off. Like 
<laughs> to see it come off there yesterday, he took the ball on. I think he played it through the Mane with a no-look pass. Yeah, and I just was. thought every single time he was a threat. That's why I would have just kept him on a bit longer. Like I thought all of Klopp's substitutions yesterday were a bit strange. He took yeah. Mane off as well. I don't know whether Mane was injured or just knackered. I, I I think the Mane one. I was okay. I was okay with the Mane one to a point where because I think Mane he wasn't having his best game. He was he was very slow to release the ball a lot and different things. But I would have I would have brought um, Lord Divock on with Mane earlier. Uh, but I would have kept Diaz. I would have kept Diaz on the whole time. Diogo Jota wasn't fit. No, that was wasn't. very obvious from yeah. the first two minutes he was on the pitch. Um, you're hoping, and Liverpool are obviously hoping that something fell to him in the box or something like that, but I don't think he was fit. But, um, but you know what I think about Mane, though, and why I thought he should have been kept on? Like, how many times, especially this season, have we said, Jeez, Mane has been shocking. Yeah. yeah, he scores. Like, the last minute or the last five minutes, he, he yeah. scores a goal, he scores two goals. And yeah. That's yeah. what he can offer you, and that's that's the sign of an absolutely fantastic like world class player, they might not do anything for 85, 88 minutes, and then bang, score a goal, score another goal, and win the game for their team. Like, I I think Mane. I hope I'm wrong, but I think Mane could be the one that's possibly sold this summer. Would you take him on Arsenal? What is his Mane now? He'll be thirty. Uh no, no, I wouldn't take him. Like he's a great player, but I think the. You bred, you've been burnt too many times by buying people in their late 20s, 30s. Like. Yeah, we have. And I think the team we are building now is that they're more looking for, you know, maybe early to mid 20s, you know, players we're going to get plenty of years out of. I just, you've seen the situation with Aubameyang and, and, and Urzel. Like, it just hasn't worked for us. And I think what we're doing now is a lot better for, for the club. But no, I wouldn't take Mane, even though he's a great player and he gets you, he gets you a couple of goals. But, and I'm not going to say he's nothing. I mean, William was obviously on the decline, and I wouldn't say Mane is probably going to decline that badly. But I just think no, he's. You can see little signs that maybe he is starting to go down a wee bit, but he's still scoring plenty of goals. And the thing is, like we've seen this with a Bamiang, a Bamiang score goals, score goals, and even for us. And then over the last eighteen months to two years, he just nothing. There was nothing. So, no, I, I personally, I wouldn't take him. But you, you could be right there. He could be the one to go. Even, like, would you even think maybe Firmino might go as well? No, I I think, I, I gen- this is just me, so there might be anything. Is I, I genuinely think Firmino will get a new deal. Uh, Klopp adores him. And I think Firmino is, Mane is, at the, Mane is still a starter and in Mane's head, which is perfectly fine. He, mm-hmm is the one of the main men and he should be starting every week whereas i think firmino is okay with uh a sort of a in and out role and i think that would be perfect for liverpool if they could get him on a new revised deal for two or three more years and he could be that player where he doesn't start obviously every game he comes off the bench like for instance yesterday um tiago gets injured before the warm-up Obviously, Steve's put a voodoo curse on him. It's the only explanation. But Thiago gets injured before the warm-up. So, for Liverpool's straight swap, there is um, Keita in the midfield, which is fine. And then the front three stays the same. Diaz, Mane and Salah. 
Whereas I think without Thiago, Liverpool need Firmino because there's no link then between the front three. Do you know? Mm-hmm. There's no none of none of them can play that nine role as obviously anywhere near as good as he. So it, for, for instance, if it had happened yesterday, yes, Naby Keita comes in the midfield, and then I this is going to sound mental. I go with Firmino, Diaz, and Salah mm-hmm. because you saw even in in Milan when Firmino came on, uh, and then obviously Keita and Henderson came on, they changed the game. When Firmino came on, he offered something. So Liverpool could hold the ball up there, and he was little interlinking passes. He obviously gets the first goal. There's so much to Firmino's game than, than scoring goals, which people obviously can focus on because he's number nine. But if you watch him and you see what he does, linking up play, even passes, passes that are six or seven passes behind the goal, if you know what I mean, before the actual goal happens, he's key in all that. And and I think Klopp will, will get him tied down, or Liverpool will get him tied down. I think Mane will be the one to go. But I think it probably makes sense in a way for Liverpool because of Diaz. Uh, Carvalho is going to be joining from, from Fulham in the summer as well. That looks like it's going to be confirmed soon. So they're going to have options up front, and, and one of them is going to have to move. And it looks like it's going to be Sadio Mane. I think... Which is sad. Like, yeah, it is. Like If you think of 18 months ago, after he's won the league... We we all kind of thought, who's going to replace Mane, Salah, Firmino in Liverpool? And now you're looking at, you know, Diogo Jada, Luis Diaz, you know, you're talking Both about... Both under 25. Yeah, these guys. And Salah is still, Salah's still years in him. He's still going to score you goals. Like, he's showing that this year. How Even yesterday, he did show a wee glimpse of it. I can't remember who, I think it might have been Rudiger standing them up. And he just, whatever he done... With his feet to move the ball back and forth and just want a free kick just outside the box. Yeah. I mean, he just has that in his locker as well. He's just he's just great with the ball at his feet. Um he's he's world class, isn't he? Like he's probably been the best player in Europe this year. It's been unbelievable. The goals he scored. Some of the some of the types of goals that he scored as well are just ridiculous. Um I mean like yeah, you know, I, I obviously had the fear for Liverpool in the thought that I think I thought back to the Invincibles team and when it started to come apart, and we didn't really replace yeah. those players. And I kind of thought, oh, is the same thing going to happen with Liverpool here? Are they going to have their time in the sun here, and then they're going to maybe replace Mane or Salah or Firmino? You know, these types of players, Henderson, with players maybe just not as good, like good players, but just not as good, not mm-hmm. that level. But it seems like Klopp's ban players to come in now to this team. To replace these players that that will be world class players in a couple of years' time, and that's obviously a good sign for Liverpool. Like Klopp's, we don't know how long Klopp's going to be here for, but he's still thinking ahead for the future of this club. Yeah, and that's obviously a good sign for Liverpool fans, and maybe it is a good sign that Klopp is intent to stay for another Hopefully. couple of seasons. Maybe he he wants another Champions League, he wants another Premier League, and um, yeah, very encouraging. Not encouraging for the rest of the league, like because. I think I think I understand why people were frustrated. Um, when they talk about Liverpool transfers, but you look at the last, say the last three. We'll go with the last three windows. So January last year, right through. I don't. We'll go actually the summer, two summers ago. So we'll go four transfer windows. Thiago and Costas Timishkas, Diogo Jota, Konate, um, Louis Luis Diaz. Possibly, hope, hopefully, Fabio Carvalho is going to join the really young lad from Fulham. Mm-hmm. Like, 
they're all players that are gonna that are young that are all gonna have a role have a key role to play like, you look at Kanate Kanate's knocking on that door to start alongside Van Dijk like he hasn't put a foot wrong he's, he was excellent again yesterday when he came on times I thought he's he was only, burning yeah. he's only 20 you know there's Harvey Elliott coming through Curtis Jones um, do, you know, you know, do you know where I think he's need to strengthen like where he's really really need to strengthen is right back yeah, we need, think, we, need, we need someone to... He needs pushed up. He needs pushed yeah. up the field because that's where Chelsea kept getting in yesterday, was right back. And I thought as well that I was worried a wee bit at that because Pulisic has done so well against the times. And it hasn't been noted because I, I, I think... I think why, should, why should it be noted? Because people say, well, he's doing his job. But Trent actually had some brilliant defending yesterday. <laughs> he actually had some key pivotal tackles, some touches nodded away from Timo Werner. Um, and different things that got there. Block on Havertz, who was, Havertz was was excellent time yesterday. But yeah, I think I think people, you know yourself from your fan base, like too people people expect you to make fifteen signings a summer. Mm-hmm. But and people are like this Liverpool team haven't strengthened. But if you look and break it all down, the players they've added in, I just name them again: Jada, Kanate, Thiago, um, Luis Diaz. There's four to name a few. Do you know what I mean? Costas, Timishkas as well. Like they have chipped away and added players into this squad. So mm-hmm. and I think that's why you're seeing Liverpool doing so well at the minute now, because they have added them in. And you can see the togetherness in the squad, which is nice too. But that was one of my main worries was what happened to Ars- Wenger yeah. at Arsenal was I didn't want that to happen club because it did happen club at Dortmund. Things got you, stale. Yeah, I, I think we're at a, we're in a bit of a different time now with, you know, Financially, TV money now is absolutely crazy. It's crazy, like, um, and I think that's probably helped. You know, obviously Liverpool aren't moving to a new stadium either, so they've had that benefit. They've mm-hmm. just expanded Anfield, which is great. Like, if we could have ex- expanded Haybury, I would have preferred that. Much better. Than, much better would have been unbelievable. But like, it's you look at the Liverpool team now and just like, I can go on for a couple of years, like. And you're right there, you're naming all those players to come in, they're quality players. But I was curious, and I don't know if you've seen much of it on social media today, you probably have. And it was actually in that video that you sent me earlier, I've noticed a lot of people, and even like, you know, from our own, from Arsenal's fan base, even some people saying it as well, like, fuck Liverpool, you know, I don't understand where the whole, they've used COVID to win the league. <laughs> like, this, this is the whole narrative, and I'm like, lads, this was like get over it. Like how long? Like when were the semi-finals? Like, like what? What do you think Liverpool had COVID last week and the fucking planned all this to win the league cup? I think. Catch a grip, like. Okay, if it had been any other team, it would be the same thing. Fans saying they used this to to do this. It's football fans are daft. Like football fans are mental. Um, there was there was unfortunately there was a lot of yesterday. Uh, Chelsea fans. Uh, and there's groups in, in all fan bases like lowering themselves and you know calling Liverpool fans murderers and some Hillsborough stuff. Um, you saw a lot of it. One of our old guests um retweeted it um, and, and did a thread on it as well. Uh, Daniel, I just can't remember Daniel's second name, we'll get it for you now. And he was saying about it, he was at it and he saw like them screaming to a young lad's face. Daniel Story, uh, the journalist from the eye paper. And, like just football fans as a whole as a whole are dickheads you know what i mean 
we are the kids. Like I, I have been walking around work telling the United fan, 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 colleague, sorry, in work that we're winning the quadruple. Stick it up Fergie's hole. But that's because I'm a dickhead. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's just what it's what we are. But there is a line that unfortunately fans cross. Um, nothing with the COVID. The COVID thing's mental. That's just that's a laugh. But stuff like that, you know, Munich chance. We've talked spoken about it so many times before. Homophobic chance, racist chance. Um, we we need to as a as a collection, as a collective. Sorry, get a grip of this, and and get rid of this type of behaviour and and all workers one and hopefully we will start to and hopefully it'll start to diminish, but um, I, just as we were on there, my phone was going. Jesse March has been appointed the new Leeds manager. Now we saw we said this on Thursday night mm-hmm. that you know if Bielsa takes one against Spurs that he could be gone, and we I, I know I said it. We said like maybe. It might be the right thing to maybe do to make a change, but it still feels harsh on him. Mm. Yeah, it's. Um, I have a mate who's sports leads. I will have a few mates actually sports leads, but one that I would regularly keep in touch with. Like they're all heartbroken. I, yeah, I don't think he's um, he's too optimistic about um, the new manager. Like, uh, okay, what well, that that result against Spurs was very very disappointing for them. Like Spurs are a very hot and cold team this year and. You know, if Leeds had to get off to a very quick start, like I seen Stuart Dallas's miss, like wow, that's mm-hmm. I think that's just that's just an example of a, a team as a whole that are just massively lacking in confidence. Like, I mean, that that's such a simple chance to put away. It just took way, way too long just to take a shot and go. Like, oh my god, it um, it, like he, he's give he's give the league a lot of entertainment. He's given Steve some great memories and probably a few <laughs> other United fans, you know. It's like he's one of them characters, you know, in the league that you know he's he's just it's Bielsa, you know, he's he's right up there. Like, and I I seen someone uh, put on Twitter about his interpreter, like goodbye, sweet prince. <laughs> you know, no more devastated <laughs> about the, the interpreter going. But yeah, like it's it does seem harsh. Like I think Bielsa, you know, he he might have been able to turn it around. You know, they've had a couple of difficult games there over the last, especially over the last week, like Liverpool United and then Tottenham, like, you know, difficult enough games. So it probably it was a bit harsh, but look, needs you know, the way if teams are flirting with relegation, you know. They pull the, the trigger. Owner, yeah, the owners of these clubs just don't waste any time. There's no sentiment at all. They're, there's too much money to lose dropping out of the Premier League now, so mm. Leeds have spent so long trying to get back into the Premier League, they don't want to fall out of it again. Can I ask you uh, an Arsenal-related question? Shoot. Aubameyang. Mm-hmm. I obviously was trying to... Jonathan and me spend our days on WhatsApp trying to get each other to bite, which I thoroughly enjoy. Um, He has hit the ground running at Arsenal, and you sort of said to me, I... Um, and then I saw... I think maybe you liked that. I definitely saw Arsenal fans talk about it. Like, just goes to show he he really didn't give a shite when he played for us. Yeah. How annoying is that? Like, I we haven't had that yet. Unfortunately, Liverpool we've had players leave, but for whatever reason, someone's cursed them. Torres left, and it took him ages to score for Chelsea. He ended up getting big goals, but that stage we were over it. Coutinho went to Barcelona. Didn't work for him. Suarez was a complete freak, a mutant, and we at the end realised 
he's going to do everything he can get out to get out of this club, including bite anyone that gets anywhere near him. So we'll let him go. But this just feels like a real slap. And I know he, he maybe he, look. I don't think about me scoring goals at Barcelona, despite Arsenal. I'm not. I don't think that. But like he's he's scoring so many goals. He's playing so well for them. Is it annoying? Is it hurtful? Is it like how do the Arsenal fan base feel about it? I think there's there's some Arsenal fans that are annoyed about it, but they're more the Arteta outcrowd. If you get me, like you know, they're they're more behind Aubameyang when they ever were behind Arteta. I mean, they do anything just to criticize Arteta. But sounds mental to me, Jonathan. Um, I'm I'm not annoyed about it one bit. Like the the only thing that annoys me about the whole thing, it's not about him scoring goals. It's about fans just keep talking about him. Like move on. Like look look where we are. Look where we are in the league at the moment. We are one point, I think it is, behind Man United here in fourth, and we've three games in hand on them. And they still have to come play us at the Emirates. And it's it's like Lee Dixon said uh, on Thursday night after the game, we shouldn't be looking at United, we should be looking at Chelsea. Because we win our games in hand, I think we're like two points behind Chelsea or something. Yeah, so he's all right, yeah. If we aim for Chelsea, we don't need to worry who's below us, you know? Like, And I think if you look at someone put up about uh, Trore, Troy played 91 games for Wolves and got four assists. He's played five games for Barcelona and got four assists. So you need to question <laughs> that league. You know what I mean? So Aubameyang can score all he wants in, in La Liga. And it's also, you're right, you, you obviously seen that tweet. I uh, quote-tweeted it today. Like, it does show Aubameyang just wasn't putting a shift in for Arsenal. He didn't want to be there. Maybe he needed this move more than we needed him to go. Maybe he needed it just for himself. And that's fair enough. Sometimes players need that. And, like... He's gone now. Like he's he's not our problem anymore. We need to get mm. over this. Like our fans are so obsessed with players that used to play for us. Like some of them still talk about Ozil. I'm like, come on. Like we've got Martin Odegaard now. He's absolutely bossing it. He is bossing in the midfield for Arsenal. Like he's the one that's connecting everything. Like, like look at the team we had compared to a couple of years ago. Ramsdale is an absolute fucking. He just loves to shit house the shit out of everybody. Gonna, like, he's going to end up with a statue. Ah, he, like he just seems like a real. Like, even a good lad. Like, he was there at the Bournemouth game on Saturday. He's been up to Sheffield Wednesday games when Arsenal have night games and stuff. Like, he just seems like a decent lad and loves the crack and the banter. Like, like Ben White got absolutely ridiculed. And to be honest, I was a bit unsure about signing them at the beginning of the season. But he's been he's been decent for us. Like, if you think about the upgrade from Socrates and Mustafi to Ben White and Gabriel with Do William Saliba to come in as well. Arsenal, which they needed to have shit houses. Obviously, Xhaka uh-huh. is a shit house, but he's a clumsy one. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, Ben White. Now, it was on my boy Don Rahul Jimenez, and I won't forget it. But Ben White copes him in the middle of the pitch and then runs on. Ramsdale, like, telling the Leeds fans and all the shoes and like different things before, and then going nuts and celebrating. You know, Ben White, I know it it, it didn't literally won the, sec- the return leg, but Ben White, when Minamino missed that golden opportunity, Ben White's celebrating that's what i remember of arsenal defense is being mean shithouse bastards and mm-hmm. they seem to have that um back in them i i've said it to everyone i i arsenal in my opinion it, it's not a hot take at all but they for me look like the fourth best team in england and i think they will end up in the top four what favors arsenal as well is and not again not to have a dig you have no other games to worry about mm-hmm. and this happened in liverpool the year that they got back into the top four, they ended up getting knocked out of everything. And they could only solely focus on the league. 
and they got there. Mm-hmm. And I and I said that I've said I, I think I said this a year ago. Klopp, Arteta's tenure at Arsenal is reminding me of Klopp's. Obviously, Arteta has won a trophy before Klopp did. He won the FA Cup after only six months, but um, then obviously all the shit came after that. Unfortunately, but. It it just reminds me so much, and that he is starting to mold a team. I I I I think you're still going to get up and down results with Arteta, but eventually they're going to see the fruits of this, and I think Arsenal will come back into it, and then you will eventually three or four years time see them in some sort of a title race or pushing for for major honors again. I, I I'm convinced of it. Like I, I might be wrong, but I just look at that Arsenal. And I think there is something definitely building there. Whereas you look at their two main rivals. West Ham, yes, not to be disrespectful West Ham. West Ham are in the mix too. But you look at their other two main rivals, Tottenham and United for the top four. And they're a basket case mm-hmm. in the background. Now, Ralph Ranić, I think, will will do will will get that right when he moves upstairs. But it mightn't be for this year. And it could let Arsenal in through the door. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, where Spurs are... They're mental. Like, I actually do feel sorry for people that I know that are Spurs fans because it, it is... They're, they are a, an absolute clown cut. They're a lunatic show. They're just in. You don't know what's going to happen with Spurs. You do not know what's going to happen next. No. I don't feel one bit sorry for them. I know plenty of talking <laughs> no, well, I wouldn't want you to. No, no sympathy for them. Um, I, th- I think what the Wolves game in particular, like Arsenal, when they went 1 0 down under Arteta, have never came back to win the game. So obviously, that's a massive hurdle to get over there. But they actually did come from behind. And won a game when we brought that goal down under Arteta. The same thing with Wolves when they went one 0 up or they want to go ahead in the game. They haven't lost this season, so we have now broke that duck as well. We like Wolves ran Man City right to the wire. You know they've put up really the beat United at Old Trafford. I think that's very very unlucky to get beat by us. Yeah, they're very unlucky to get beat by us as well. But fuck them, you know. We need the points. I really don't care. Like it's it's us against the rest. Like you know, and that's that's kind of the mentality that I think these players have had this year. You know, we the refereeing decision against us this year has been absolutely shocking. You know, we should have had some penalties that weren't even looked at by VAR. Uh, I think that's just the mentality of these players now. They're like, we're not going to get any help to get into the top four. So we need to do it ourselves. We need to step up. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, a lot of them had. And listen, I would love Arteta to prove. All of us wrong because there was a stage there last year. I thought, I think he needs to go because it's just not working. But he has shown this year that we we've had a few blips. Yes, we had a blip against United and Everton, but most of our blips this year have come in the cup competitions, in the likes of the League Cup and the FA Cup. In the Premier League, we've been sort of okay for the start of the season, but then again, we hadn't everybody in place at that stage. I just feel if we're going to fall short this year, it'll be because we haven't got a striker who scores. 20 plus goals like Lagazette is on a real dry patch at the minute and wasn't even awarded the goal the other night so I know we'll have um, so harsh I, I think I think that's where we're going to fall short if we do fall short but I'll be disappointed if we don't finish top four but again suppose being back in the Europa League wouldn't be the worst thing in the world we'd be able to get the youth players out and get them a couple of games in the group stages and stuff and it's a it's a European trophy to go for at the end of the day, which Arsenal haven't won in a very long time, any sort of European trophy. So, I mean, there's hope there. Like, that's really all all I kind of asked for again was a bit of hope, something to kind of, a team to 
to cheer for and get behind and there's people out there that will always just try and bring down the manager and bring down the team like they're in every club no matter how well they're doing you can see how liverpool are and there's still some fans that's I remember hearing a boy on the radio one time at one o'clock to go, which is absolutely insane. <laughs> but you get your loopers, you get them. So you do indeed. You just get on with. Um, I think that'll do us for uh, tonight's football show. Uh, myself and John are obviously finishing the show off. Brenton's right playing football. Paddy's in London, gallivanting, and Steve is having a torrid time trying to put the wee one down. He's just refusing to go down. And credit to the wee man. Hopefully, he stays up all night. Um, so, folks, thanks for listening. If uh, I'll try and edit this now, so the video should go up. So, if you're watching the video, you'll see the ticker underneath to get us on all our socials at Football Babble Pod, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, on our Patreon, if you want to, you can go and donate and become a Patreon for patreon.com forward slash the Football Babble. One pound a month, and that's it. That's all we ask. One pound a month, twelve pounds a year. Really will help us keep growing as a podcast. Um, and keep doing things which we have lined up and things we're doing in the background we're adding things different like things like that so yeah we really appreciate that um thanks for listening thanks for tuning in enjoy the rest of your week your football week if, if you're watching it or whatever you're getting on onto and myself and jonathan will certainly see you on thursday night for tnb jonathan good luck my friend good luck to you philip well done on winning the league cup oh thank you very much i played my part all right folks enjoy yourselves and good luck <laughs>